we've just hit the thumbs up, is it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Can't be a bit of fucking holy clap, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, but it's fine. Is it on, is it? You just have to wait. We good? Yeah. Can you hear me there? Yeah, so welcome to episode 18 of uh, the Michael Anthony Show. We're joined with Connor as usual. How you and know? today, um, ex Premier League um, legend of the Irish League, um, Tony Sheridan. Tony, thanks for coming in with us today. No yes, problem, lads. Um, obviously, there's been a lot said about you in the past. Um, one of the most naturally gifted players the country's probably produced from a technical standpoint when you hear people say things like the greatest player never to wear the green shirt does it fill you with pride or is there just that little hint of regret yeah there's not i don't really think about it to be honest with you uh it's just one of them things you know sometimes life your life is mapped out for you and unfortunately i didn't get an opportunity to play for ireland i don't regret it if it happened great but it didn't happen so there's no point to dwell, uh, dwelling on the, the past you just carry on into the future and so to, to go back to kind of the start of your story, you obviously uh, grew up in Crumlin um, and played for Lord Celtic as a young fella. Obviously, when you when you read things about Tony Sheridan or you, he- you hear things in the media or from fans of days gone by, because I was recently reading a poll there and uh, you won two cups at Shelburne. That's correct. But the, f- the eight years after you left, they won five leagues. Yeah. So it was still strange to see 20 fans who had to vote for the greatest Shelburne player ever. I think you came up 16 times. That just kind of shows the natural ability and the effect you had yeah. on those fans. But when you have that kind of level of natural talent, at what age did you kind of start knowing that you were different from the rest of the kids you were playing at, at Lord Celtic? Yeah, I didn't. I did, never knew it was different. I just wanted the. I just wanted the more than other kids. You know, that's the way it was. I just wanted to be the best on the pitch, not for me against anyone else. Just me for myself personally. And I think it was about about eight or nine because I'd be getting knocks at the door and people would be coming in and. Asking for Tony. Really, the yeah. First really? Thing, the, the first thing that would happen would be managers from Lourdes. The older groups in Lourdes would yeah. come in and say, is Tony there? And my brothers would turn around and say, Dad, you want it at the door? And they're like, no, 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 young Tony. <laughs> so I'd only come back from playing a match and I'd be playing a year or two ab- above myself. So that's when I kind of knew when I was about seven, eight or nine, you know, meant to be you know that kind of way well not meant to be but that's the part that I wanted you knew to that you wanted to, to have yeah. a career in the game that's 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 where I wanted and did you come from a football and family did, did your brothers play did your dad yeah, play yeah me two brothers me two older brothers play me dad was a manager he was involved with Lewis for 24 years till he passed away uh, the family is steeped in Lewis you know you only think about that I'm only back at Lewis a year now and think about when my dad used to get the new balls and the first thing he'd say to me is, you won't bring that out onto the road. And that's the first thing I do, the smell yeah. of the new jerseys. Even the yeah. jerseys now still smell the same coming from Lourdes, you know, even though I'm only back a year. Yeah, because I don't know if you remember this, but you actually coached me in Bushy Park Rangers. And I just want to apologise on behalf of me and the rest of the team <laughs> for losing 10-1 every single week with a we legend very on the sideline. Truly no, no, embarrassing <laughs> stuff. But um, so, so you know at around eight or nine that, listen, um, I'm, I'm pretty gifted at this game. Like You could use both feet and all in your sleep by the age of eight, nine. There's still people, even who are playing the professional yeah. game now, who don't seem to have a left foot, which absolutely frightens me. But what was the first kind of contact you got to leave school and that I might be heading to England here? Well, I was, I was 13. I went to Gillingham. I don't know if it was Gillingham or Brighton first. One or the other. Was Damien Richardson Damien at Gillingham? Damien was the manager of Gillingham, yeah. So I went over to Gillingham for a week. A young lad, well not a young lad, he was older than me. David MacDonald came down from Tottenham. He was there, you know, so 
I knew someone from Crumlin. He was from Crumlin as well, you know. So, uh, and then I went to Brighton. Brighton was a very bad experience for me. I only stood there for two days because Why? I was only 13. I was left in the in the house on my own. Jesus, yeah. yeah. You know the the first. Fr I went on the Friday Friday night. I rang my parents to tell me tell them what was happening. The next day, they went out again and took the phone out. So my mum just turned around, just tell. I'll never forget the, the chap's name, Ted Street. Tell him that you want to go home. So that night, that evening, I flew home from uh, from Gatwick after only two days. I think I trained once. And then eventually ended up at Coventry, who Terry Butcher was there at the time, was he? No, no. Uh, oh, yeah, Terry was there. Terry when was you there. originally signed, and then yeah, Bobby Gould. Yeah, Bobby Gould then took over. And then obviously Bobby Gould kind of managed Wimbledon to that famous FA Cup win in 88 with the crazy gang, Vinnie Jones and all those boys, and they beat Liverpool. Um, so coming from... Coming from Lord Celtic and being kind of a young Irish lad uh, from Crumlin, were you ever kind of daunted by the experience of arriving at a club like Coventry where someone like Terry Butcher was in charge and then Bobby Gould? Did you feel outside your no. comfort zone? Look, you were given an opportunity. I could have... I've, I've only gone four trials. That was Coventry, uh, Leeds, Brighton and Ginningham. That's it. You, you hear other kids saying that they're going here, going there. I didn't. Yeah. I was supposed to go to United. I came back on the Monday morning from Leeds and I was supposed to fly out for, uh, Monday evening to, to United. I just said to me, man, lads, I'm not going. I don't want to go. To, so to United? Yeah. Why? I just didn't. You hear all the stories from all the other lads about the amount of players there. Yeah. Not that yeah. I didn't believe in myself. I just didn't fancy going over. Just being another another player among 40 or 50 other exactly, kids, 60 yeah. kids. So, you know, I was happy with, with Coventry. You know, Coventry was the one that just stood in my mind because not only was it a good club, it was also where... There was a lot of Irish people and yeah. a lot of Irish players that were there, Gavin O'Toole. Phil Babb and stuff like that. Well, Phil Babb came in later, but the, the Irish lads that were there, it was like when I first went out, it was me, uh, Gavin O'Toole, Willie Boland, and Billy Woods from Cork, and then there was Jerry uh, Carr, Michael Stevenson, Paul O'Brien, and Danny Coleman, who were from Coventry, but they were Irish. So yeah, yeah. that kind of resonated with me to stay there and that's somewhere where I wanted to sign so as soon as he wanted to sign me I, that was the first thing I said and when you first went to Coventry there was a few problems originally you wanted it, you wanted to go home you were homesick and you, you headed home I read somewhere originally ah, yeah, I, I did come home yeah uh, it was very hard you know you, you, you were stuck out in the, uh, the middle of a place called Wrighton on Dunsmore you know seven days a week like unless you got into town um, which would have been you got Wednesday and Saturday. You got in town. Like you were home at six o'clock on Saturday after afternoon, yeah. or Saturday evening. Uh, Wednesday, you would go in there for half six, seven o'clock, and you'd be picked up at half nine. And this is before people had phones and yeah. shit. So yeah, well boredom, like playing that So what were you doing at night time? Yeah. You wouldn't do that. Me, me, Willie Bowling and uh, Gavin O'Toole were roommates. Basically, just got into the got into your bed and really, yeah. basically watched the telly. Like from, you just got up early in the morning. We used to wake up at seven, half seven. We go down and have our breakfast, do your training. You might have a an odd chore or two to do. Everyone had a, a chore to do out well in 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 the in the in the kitchen or hooving around the place, you know. But after that, it's, you know, you had nothing else to do. What really. do you think of the fact of like you, you mentioned chores there, and that's the thing the players used to always have to do back in the day, like cleaning players' boots, stuff like yeah. that. That just needs to be completely gone out of the game. Like, just looking at the modern footballer, like the incident in the League Cup final the other day, Kepa refusing to come off for his manager. When you look at that, are you just thinking too much money, the game's gone mad? Well, I don't... I, look, it's very hard. It's a very hard thing to talk about because at the end of the day, it could have been me or it could have been someone else. Uh, 
you want to stay on. It's a good final. You don't yeah. want to come off. Yeah, you, don't. you don't know the communication between the physio or the doctor or whoever came on exactly, with the manager. Yeah. If he turns around, it looked for me looking in at the game because I did watch it that basically the manager decided I'm taking him off. Where you know you kind of tell your your players, especially goalkeepers, they probably you know talk to each other and say, listen, if it goes the extra time and we're needed in the penalties. I'm going to take you off. I'm going to put the other player on. But obviously, it didn't. It was, I think it was bad communication between Probably, obviously yeah. the manager, with his doctor and physio, or with the player. You know, it's, it's hard. And so, yeah. so when you, you, you talked about board and McCoventry when you were 16, obviously it was tough kind of being away from home. And then you, you briefly returned back to Dublin and then received a phone call from, from Bobby Gould, who, who, yeah. who, who, who asked you to come back. Did you remember the day where he, he rang the house? I think he rang the house beforehand. And... I think my mum was being clever and, you know, never told me that he was going to ring and she just basically just said to me, just hang around for a half an hour, 44 minutes. So that was grand. Next of all, the phone goes and my mum answered, obviously, and says to me, there you go, uh, you're wanted on the phone. So I didn't I didn't have an inkling who it was that was on the phone. I thought it was probably someone that I knew or something like that. Next of all, it was Bobby Gould on the end of it. And he just said to me, I want you back over to Coventry. He says, if you don't come back over, I'll come back o- over to Dublin myself and pick you up and bring you back. <laughs> Which, you know, at the time, if you think about it now, he couldn't have really done no. that. But I, I was bored then. You know, I think I knew I made a mistake, so... You yeah. wanted to go back, I wanted to go back, so, you know, it was, it, it was a good opportunity to go back. So you, so you do go back and then, um, just over the age of 17, you just turned 18 when you came on against reigning champions Leeds and Ellen Road. Got a midfield that day of Batty, Strachan, McAllister, Speed. Eric Cantona came off the bench. Um, for that to be your first game, professional football in front of 30,000 people, reigning champions of England, what kind of experience was that like? Uh, to be honest, it was a great experience, obviously. You know, but you don't look at I'm, I'm one of these lads that don't, you know, we don't really go on about it. I just, I was literally home after that. I was wa- actually watching myself on Match of the Day in Dublin. <laughs> You know, really, so, yeah. yeah, so like things like that didn't bother me. People asked me about what was it like at this But your life must have kind of changed that day to an extent. Like when you got back to Dublin, was you went from kind of being unknown to, to suddenly playing against Eric Cantona? No, really, no, because you know, you, you, you would play Irish under 15s and under 16s, and you know, you would get the under 18s matches as well. So, yeah, people knew who you were. I think there's more publicity. And nowadays, than they are, there is really now. Yeah. In this day, and that was that was the first season of the Premier League as well. Yeah. So Sky hadn't necessarily had its grip over. No, what it, I'm yeah. saying with the eight teams, with the Ireland teams, you know what I mean? Like, you don't really, unless you go searching, you don't really see much about the under 15s. Like, I couldn't tell you who is the best player that's under 15s for Ireland because I, I don't know any of the players yeah. under 16s. I don't know any of the players. Seventeens, I don't know any of the players. Where when I was playing. The papers would put up, you know, really, yeah. good stuff yeah. in the paper about, you know, if you play in a match, they would put up good stuff. Next player coming through, next generation. Now, you do see it in odd time, but when we were playing, it was nearly all the time. Much more talk about it. Yeah, yeah mo- much levels. more talk. So yeah. that, that was the first game, and then, obviously, the next season starts. Uh, at, th- at this time, you're the, I don't know if you know this, but you're the ninth youngest player ever to play in the Premier League, and that, <laughs> that lasted until 96. Still currently the tenth youngest Irish player ever to play in the Premier League, but... When you went to uh, when you went the next season, you start in Highbury in a three 0 win uh, away from home, um, playing the same team as Kenny Sansom. 
he's won 11 uh, PFA Team of the Year's most ever. To play like players like that, to go to Highbury, North London, iconic around, Ian Wright's playing. Yeah. This is huge. To win 3-0, uh, then you play Newcastle with Andy Cole, you win 1-0, uh, you draw at West Ham, you're still starting, you, you, you come off yeah. the bench and win over Liverpool. You play nine league games, uh, unbeaten in seven, and then suddenly Bobby Gould resigns. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after a 5-1 loss to QPR, which you weren't involved in. But it seemed that you never played another minute in England after he stepped down. So when Phil Neal replaced Bobby Gould, and as I said, your stock was unbelievably high, um, one of the youngest players in the league yeah. at the time, with a record playing well, playing in huge games, not looking phased by any of it. What happened that when he stepped down, you were phased out of Coventry City? It wasn't that I was phased out. It was just that Bobby Gould, uh, Phil Neal, it wasn't, oh, it just didn't, me and him just didn't see eye to eye. You know, we had an opportunity to play against Newcastle, but unfortunately, I think we were playing Liverpool, and I, it was a wet night, and I slid on the ground, and Paul Stewart, the fat, I won't call him, <laughs> won't beep beep, he stood on my fingers, and actually cracked seven fractures in my finger. Oh. I was actually getting, a, I was told to be ready early on, uh, I think it was Wednesday night we played toast. No, it wasn't, it would have been Tuesday night early Wednesday morning because I was flying and getting a private jet up to Newcastle to play but uh, to be in the squad not to play to be in the squad the first time and the other physio turned around and said somebody has to go in the morning and get his fingers checked so I went and there was seg- seven fractures in my fingers so that was the only time that I really got used by Bobby Gill but just didn't see eye to eye you know it was with Phil Neal no yeah Phil Neal sorry uh, just but didn't see eye to eye do you think of the fact that you were you're an 18 19 year old kid and Phil Neal's obviously he's won four European Cups eight leagues at Liverpool do you think looking back that maybe there was a bit of immaturity on your part like were you a bit like because I read somewhere that you said that he had a bit of a being as bonnet about the fact that he just failed to qualify for the World Cup when England 94 is their assistant yeah well that's that would have been part of it because you know was, as I said there was a lot of Irish people that were there in the in the club and, and would you have been taking we, the piss oh, of course <laughs> like he would have taken the piss out of us you know what I mean so it was vice versa it wasn't like we were giving him stick all the time like Terry Butcher when I was there with a couple of months four or five months that I was there with Terry Butcher like we he used to bet with us the Irish lads <laughs> that Rangers would be would beat Celtic and we would bet back obviously Celtic would beat Rangers Yeah. so you know that's Part and parcel football. It's just a bit of crack, right? Yeah, well, that's it, you know, and uh, like he, he, he deserved it because at the end of the day, he failed as a yeah. coach. Like, yeah. not, none of the lads, I don't know even how he got the job at Coventry. <laughs> Phil Neal? Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't know how he well, got Probably his playing reputation, though, was it? Well, it probably was his playing reputation because, uh, as far as I was concerned, he was probably. Probably the worst manager ever. Was ever he a bad coach? Just man management. Bad, bad at everything. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just kept going on, harping on about his European Cups. Not <laughs> just to me, no, but not just to me, to all the players. And, you know, players were going out, not just me, players, young players were going out and doing their business in the reserves. Like, I, I think it was top scorer in the reserves. He won of the years that he was there, and I still, no, I wasn't a striker, but. But he still was playing well enough to get into the squad. But he had his own little way. He had his Did you ever knock on his door and ask? No, I wasn't because I knew he, he he wanted that. He, I knew he wanted that, you know. So I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna give him the opportunity to tell me that, you know, the reason why. I knew the reason why it was because of that incident with me and him, and the rest of the lads. But I, I kind of rubbed it into him because I kind of was the one that instigated it. So 
what the incident just being kind of stick about England. Oh, I told him that he, he didn't qualify and, and <laughs> tell Phil Bab to send back a letter from America. You know, <laughs> so, and we all start singing it, you know that the proclaimers, the proclaimers tune to him. So, <laughs> but okay, it's it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't, as I said, as far as I'm concerned, your life is mapped out. Yeah, you know, no, certain exactly. things happen for you. Certain things don't, and they were one of them things. That and, didn't and then in comes big Ron Atkinson. Um, did you, uh, as he obviously won the FA Cup at United, huge name in football at the time. Did you think you'd get a game under Ron, no. or did you think he was just under too much pressure? No, he didn't. He didn't want to know. He didn't want to know. I went in, and I think he was only in there three or four weeks. And I told him I was, you know, I was playing well for the reserves. Will he give me a chance to have a look? He came to Knott's Forest, put me, put me on. And I think it was after 15 minutes he took me off. So I knew straight away that was me. He went now. to the reserves game and whipped you off after 15. Really? Yeah. yeah. So Jesus. that was me. That's crazy. And that and in and around the time this was happening, because as I said, your start to life at Coventry was, was far superior to the, w the equivalent of players at other clubs, obviously playing in such high-profile games, starting uh, and completely fitting in. Was there any talk from other clubs at the time of going elsewhere whilst you were in England, whilst Neil wasn't giving you a game, whilst Atkinson wasn't giving you a game? Well, I don't know the full story of it, to be honest with you. Uh, I went to when I was in with Charles, I went to Southampton on trials with Graham Sounis. And there was a chap there that lived in Leamington Spa, uh, just outside of Coventry. And he was down there, I think he was doing some kind of coaching or some kind of scout with Graham, Graham Sounis. And he came to me and said to me that Liverpool, Graham Sounis was putting a bid in f for a million pounds for me from Liverpool. And he Fuck. just said to me six minutes later, uh, six weeks later, he got the bullet. So, you know, that's just the way it is in football. Sometimes it goes a million pounds. Yeah, that would be that's, crazy. That's what I heard. Now, I, I can't see why the chap would turn around and say that to me. No, he wouldn't be lying to you. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know him from Adam, as I said. He knew Lemon. And you were a United fan growing up, were you? I was. So, would you have played for Liverpool? Oh, of course I was. That's <laughs> disgraceful. Um, <laughs> but so, so eventually, y you're not getting your game under Atkinson. You're still 20 years of age. You're 21, yeah? 21, yeah. So why the move back to Ireland as opposed to going to the Division 1 or now well the I Championship? Went to, I went to Brighton. Uh, not Brighton. I went to Bolton on trial. And but did you have an agent at the time? No, I didn't know. Why? Just, just at that time, there was no such thing as an no agent. No one had But you, you would have been making pretty good money. No. A couple, but for your age, much more than the lads back in Dublin who you knew. Of course I would have, yeah. Two, I was on £250. That's off. A week. That yeah. A week. But yeah. at the time, we're talking probably two grand. Fifteen hundred a week, maybe. Yeah, yeah, which well, is pretty. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was pretty so crazy money for a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, well, it was crazy money for a nineteen-year-old. But what were you doing with it? Nothing. I was, I was doing this, going in with Mickey Quinn, gambling. Really? <laughs> yeah. Time, yeah. Really? Yeah. And just gargling and gambling and all that, shit. Well, the, the the drink I wouldn't drink never. We wouldn't drink during the week. It was you know Friday Friday night and we weren't playing. If I, was, I knew I wasn't going to be in the reserve or in the first team. Me and a couple of other lads would go out on Saturday night. We'd go out. Because, look, it's just one of them. Yeah, you and you're 19 and you don't... Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... In hindsight, you think about it, you know, nowadays, Jesus, there's no chance. Yeah. No, none of that now. And they wouldn't, the clubs would not accept what was happening. Like, you were going out with chaps that were probably earning four or five, six, seven, eight, nine grand a week. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, because Mickey Quinn, he was bought for what at Coventry at the time? Like he I was don't a, he know was how much he bought. And he was a proper for. player, though. Like, he, sure, like he, he scored how many oh, goals? Oh, he was... Superb, yeah. Have to say. Was he probably the best player you've, you've played with? No, he would he would have been, he would have been. Look, it's just different different stages. Like Stephen Gagan, I as a striker was probably if he got an opportunity in England, probably would have 
being one of the best strikers to go, yeah. you know, to play. Unfortunately, he didn't. But here in Ireland, definitely one of the best. Mickey Quinn, probably one of the best that I've ever played with in England. Uh, you know, players like Roy Wagley, as you say, Kenny Sampson, what a, an absolute champion, Kenny Sam, Stuart Robson, like legends of the game, you know, yeah. Cullen was the future next to, uh, England captain. Stuart Robson played, I think he played something like four, three or four seasons with Coventry, and mm. that was it. He got injured and he finished that. He's finished at 25, 26 really, years yeah. of age and stopped playing. I think so. I think so because uh, he's, his knees and his ligaments in his ankles, which is uh, not ligaments, his Achilles in his ankles, which he had to get strapped up in every training session, even matches, everything, you know. So I was lucky in a way that, you know, these lads are. These lads are struggling now at the moment, as in, you know, with their with their with their injuries. I've a little bit of a dodgy knee. I don't know where I got it from, but <laughs> yeah. I have a bit of a dodgy knee. Yeah, well, but maturity, like as I said, if you're 20 and you've played for Coventry, you're what five caps for Ireland under 21s. You nearly went to the World Cup in '94, is what the story goes. You were the outside kind of tout to go. They thought that it might happen. Were you ever? Did you ever have any contact from Jackie Charles? No, about? no, 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 no contact with Jackie Charles. It was just media, kind of. Oh, of course, like that—that—that's what we're talking about. Like that was the the, the state of affairs of yeah. of Irish media at the time. Like they they were publicising every player that was young, up and coming, you know, and throwing them into the limelight. Exactly. As you yeah. said, now you don't really hear much of it. But why, why Shelburne? Like, was was there options in Scotland? Could you have gone to no, another there's country? No, no, no other options. So oh, not that I know of. Yeah. Not that I know of, because as soon as I, I was told by uh, Ron Eckerson that he wasn't signing me, the con- my contract was up in, in July. I went to Bolton for a week. Really enjoyed Bolton. Uh, nothing came of it. And as I said, no agency. There was no phone, yeah. you know. It wasn't like you, someone could pick up the phone and say, yeah. fans. it was all going through. Now, I could have I gone to Brighton on loan with... with uh, with, what's his name, Liam Brady, when he was manager, but I didn't want to go alone because of, of my experience the last time yeah. in Brighton. So that yeah. kind of, I just said, no, I didn't want it. And as I said, I went to Bolton. And then I, I wanted to go, I didn't want to come home, but I thought it was the right option because I didn't have anyone coming out with me. So Rovers rang up looking for me, uh, Ray Tracy. Listen, he was passed away. Uh, he left his number, I rang back. He never rang me back. Um, then Ali Bourne got on to me, and that was it. Shelburne, just hook, line, and sinker. And, and your first season of Shelburne, obviously, man of the match of the Cup final. You win the equivalent of the League Cup and the FAI Cup, same again the next season. It was quite kind of clear, and you even kind of said this in an in interview yourself in 96, that like you were you were debatably too good in those two years to be playing in the Irish League. That, that would be kind of the consensus amongst a lot of fans at the time. At 22, 23... You still wanted to have another bite of the cherry in England, is yeah, that is that well correct? There you go. Like you know, there's another instance that you you, you hear about like that. My agreement with Shelburne was when I came back with Ollie Bourne was that, you know, fifty grand they got for me. I was gone, no matter what. I was gone. Uh, whatever else they got me, that was entirely up to them. But if they got fifty grand because they got me for nothing, that was the agreement. And then, you know, you hear little rumours, but not little rumours. Rumours are going around that Damien Richards and Newcastle put in a bid for 100, 150 grand and Damien Richards turned it down and he said he wanted 250 grand. You know, 
And you, of course, you obviously didn't have an agency. You couldn't have that stuff well, written in the contract. Well, that's what I'm saying. You do, you, like, you, but you're told, you're told this, I was told this by, uh, you know, reliable people within Shelburne. Yeah. That that's what happens. You know, uh, you, you find out, you know, eight years li- too late. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? If I found out there and then, you know, I would have obviously demanded that I went to Newcastle. But unfortunately, I didn't know anything about it. As I said, it was too late. Do you reckon that, um, like, it, it, at Coventry and, and even at Shelburne, because obviously natural talent, vision, things like that are what you're associated with, great first touch, footballing IQ as opposed to necessarily work rate. Do you think that, in a way, you were slightly cursed by the natural talent that you had? Did you feel the need that you had to mm. work as hard as other people? Did you enjoy kind of the enigma that was Tony Sheridan, the, the pop collar, the Oasis haircut? <laughs> like, uh, were, is it true that you were the only League of Ireland player ever on the cover of Hot Press magazine? Yeah, well, I didn't look. You know, the story goes, you know, when I went to Coventry first, they, you know, there's lads that I train with. They tell you, turn around and tell you, I was the fittest lad in the club. I, I trained hard, you know. I used to lap lads for fun. That's how much <laughs> I wanted it. But when I came back to Shells, you know, you're training two nights a week. You, you were playing against, in all fairness, good players. Yeah. You know, but fine players don't compare yeah, no, to what was you some, were used there were some good players now in all fairness but again you, you just played against Ian Rush no you know well that's mean? that's that's you know the players that I played against you know I had to I had to coin it not drop the levels but you know Steve Gregan I had a great rapport with him he mm. knew I knew where to find him yeah uh, top player it just it just the league was got a good got a little bit too easy I don't mean too easy and I kind of got into a lazy mode it wasn't because I done it on purpose because of you know the colours or yeah. publicity yeah. or anything it just, it just came naturally to me you know that yeah. by the way that's yeah. that's where I wanted to play uh, I did get lazy because I found it a little bit easier for myself to be true yeah. maybe if I did push myself a little bit more you know, other things might materialise. Was England constantly on your mind, or did actually no, win, did winning no. the league with shells like because you, you you came so close on so many occasions? Where did you really, truly, truly want that, or were you always kind of like I, I'm just waiting for a phone call from an English team here? I know I, I, di- I did want. Obviously, I wanted to go back to England, but you know, as I said, like there's a story about Newcastle. Damien was there, you know, as manager, and you're being told eight years later that. Newcastle put a bid of 250 grand. So obviously people are looking, but obviously I wasn't being told by the club. So that's a disappointing thing that I, yeah. I feel. But look, I'm not going to hold grudges against anyone. You know, that At the end of the day, as I said, it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it now. In hindsight, if I found out a week or two after, I would have had no go at Damien. But I didn't find out till eight years later. So you know, I, I'm not going to... Not gonna hold hold any grudges against. And him, obviously, yeah. you had some great moments at Shelburne. Do you remember what do you remember about that? The Golden Lansdowne Road. I don't remember much of it, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, you're 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 under pressure. You're getting beaten one 0 Ten I, men as well, wasn't it? With ten was men, it, yeah. yeah. You got you got sent off, but you don't really. You want to win. You know, you want to get an equaliser. You want to try and keep yourself. Look, it's just people ask me how do you do things. It's just instincts. It's just instincts. You don't know, like you know, it just came to me. Flicked to Eddie Garmy, flicked it up. I tried to go past Eddie. Eddie flicked it up. The only thing to do was shoot, hope for the best. There wasn't much, not hope for the best. So yeah, you shoot yeah, him to, to score, but I didn't mean to score the way I did score. So it's just one of them things that happens, you know, that kind of way. It's when this was happening, like when you when you got the equaliser in the first game, and then the, the scored again the replay, then again the next year. Man of the match in the cup final, scoring against Derry. 
like how constant was it that people were going, "You're wasting your time here, Sheridan. You should be. You should be across the water." No one really said that to me. Now, in all fairness, no, no one, no one really. See, Chelsea fans wouldn't say things like that to me because they wanted you. They there. wanted me there. Yeah. You know that kind of way. Uh, other fans wouldn't say that to me. No, I'm not saying that they want. They wanted me there, but like it's it's a completely different ball game now than it was when when when. When I was playing, the Archers you leave is probably probably stronger in your day than it even is now. I don't know. I think I think player wise, I think player wise, yeah, there's a lot a lot better players playing when I was playing. Uh, and England are taking a lot more of the talent now than they used are to they, in terms yeah. of young age, like fourteen, fifteen, and yeah. League Two clubs are now taking players that wasn't happening back then. Yeah, yeah. See, this 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 the problem. Like you know what I mean. They, but the league was stronger. The league was better. I feel. And there was more attended. There Definitely was a bit more fans. Yeah, there. because well, you were going out and you're watching, you're watching, you know, players that could play football. Like you look at Derry, they had, uh, I can't think of his name off the top. Coil, 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 Liam Coil up front. Rose had some good players. Tony Cousins, uh, Nutty was playing with them. Pat Fenlon was playing with them. Cork, Patsy Fryan, uh, you know, a few other players were playing. Billy Woods came mm. back as well. Yeah. Uh, Galway, you had players Jumbo, Jimbo Brennan was playing there. Sligo, the same thing. You know, there were so many good players that you know people wanted to go and watch UCD. The same thing with UCD Bray, the same thing with Bray. You know, there was the league. I, I feel that the players were more quality than what they are now. Like people have turned around and probably challenged me on it, but and the way football was played, probably exactly. Well. You know, the it's now. I think sometimes. It's more of a robotic yeah. kind of coaching. Do this, do that, do this, do that. They're not letting the kids or the lads go out and play. Football is about being free. Yeah, you have the kid, you have the people doing their jobs when you don't have the ball. But when you have the when you have the ball, you should be given the freedom yeah. to express yourself. Yeah. You should be given the freedom to go out and try something if it doesn't come off it doesn't come off but the games the games definitely coach the wrong way in this country I mean how many kids out there are getting applauded for sticking a ball onto the M50 every single Saturday <laughs> yeah it's not it's in Ireland the one thing you're raised in your head is make sure you know pass the ball across your own goal make sure your man on no one's ever encouraged to actually back themselves and that's the way they play the game on the continent no, and until we kind of deal with that it doesn't make what fuck difference if we got Declan Rice or anyone in it's the way the game's taught in this country it's just it's just it's just not right you know yeah, what I mean yeah but it's, not, it's, it's not that it's not right. It's it's like the street football has gone over. Yeah, exactly. You're not you know playing what I mean? It's not. It's the, it, like coaches are coaching for themselves. They're not coaching for the kids. Yeah. I know when I say kids, I don't mean kids as in under eight or under nine. Or, I mean, like this league of Ireland. I don't agree with it. I don't think you know how many players that won't get into the under thirteen league of Ireland team. Like if 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 you could do a, a survey on the League of Ireland when I do centre, have a look how many kids are over six foot. Probably 90%, 95%. Yeah, so it's all physical. Will yeah. be all six foot and yeah. over. Like they're all they're already. And then you got you got kids foot, yeah. that will you got kids that will be just just inches away from you know being a, a top top player, and they'll just give up. Yeah, don't want to play. I don't want to play anymore because. I'm not good enough to get into League of Ireland under two teams. So how am I good enough to get into, you know, a League of Ireland team in, in the future? Yeah. So I think personally, I think a win-win for the GAA, and I think it's a win-win for rugby because a lot of the kids now, the 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 Leinster 
I don't know about the rest of the country, but I know Leinster now are beginning to, you know, walk in working class areas yeah, yeah. find that f- find they, that, yeah. that little gem yeah. that they can get so it's playing all into and I think they'll find it I mean, yeah they I probably think, will yeah, I think of course they will of course yeah. they will there's always look at this there's, there's one of my mates he only said it to me the, the other day about St Mary's he's, his grandson wants to play he wants to play rugby he's only seven years of age he loves what's what's happening he, he's from a working class back area a working class background mm. so the FAI now at the moment, I, I feel, are playing right into the GAA and the rugby and hurling, whatever other sports that are out there, they're playing right into What do you make of John Delaney's overall tenure uh, as the president of the FAI? I mean, some of the mistakes he's made oh, he's are calamitous. And, and and even like this whole Steve Kenny, Mick McCarthy thing, the kind of waiting two years until you get the job. It's just it's, it's just crazy. It's just it, trying, yeah. to, trying to avoid any conflict, trying to make it seem like he's giving the local manager a chance. But if McCarthy qualifies for the Euros, do you actually think they're going to tell him to step down? Kenny's taking over. I don't think they will. Look, with John Delaney, I don't know the man personally, but, you know, all you have to do is look at Seth Blatter. Yeah. That, you know, you, you can't... As a country... And as a football nation, you need every like you, every person should be given a tenor, not a tenor, uh, a tenure of five years or three years yeah, or four yeah, years. Yeah. And then once that four years is done, like I think they do with the presidency yeah. of the FAI. Why can't they do with the role that he does? How, How long has he been there? Like 10, 15 yeah, years? That's crazy. Like, like you're talking about a guy who asked could we be the 33rd <laughs> team at the fucking World Cup because someone handballed the ball against us. Ridiculous. Do you mind if we come in as a 33rd? Like what? It's The guy needs to go, quite yeah. clearly. I, I feel, to be honest with you, I feel, I feel sorry for all the coaches that, you know, I done my UEFA B licence with uh, the likes of Tom O'Connor. Did you get to skip a few levels because you played Premier League? No, I didn't. No, you went right through. I, I could have skipped him. I'm glad I didn't skip because it actually gave me a, a way of communicating with young kids. I think if I went straight through, I probably would have been a very bad coach with the young kids. So I'm actually delighted that I've done that. But, you know, you have Tom O'Connor, you got Jason Donahue. Right, yeah, they're all getting opportunities. Jason Donahue was managing the under-15s, Ireland under-15s. Tom gives a hand, I think, with the senior ladies. Uh, there's a couple, Paul Martin, people like that. I feel sorry for them. Because I, 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 with me doing my B licence going out, and we've been there at 8 o'clock in the morning and we're coming home at 9 o'clock in the evening. And these lads are only getting a week's wage, six, seven, eight hundred euro mm. a week. for yeah. doing a lot. And I was like, my, my UFB licence wasn't cheap. It was 1,800 euro. Yeah. So there was 20, yeah. 30 people on that. So that's nearly three and a half grand, or 300 grand that they're getting. And these lads are doing it for a week. I know, I know they get their, their, their food paid for, if they have to stay over, they get pay that pay for. But still, these lads are doing the job. Like Mr. Delaney didn't tell everyone that when he was getting taking the pay cut, that he was getting a pay rise because he was going to work with UEFA. He's not already telling everyone you're going to take <laughs> a pay cut, yeah. and then because you, you know you're going to get another hundred fifty grand off of UEFA. He's not like, really. How can you how can you run how can you run a country uh, a, 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 an association like the FAI and be earning twice as much? As much as the Italian, the Spanish, it's and the crazy. French counterpart, yeah, three of them put together, he's animal. It just yeah, doesn't, it make, doesn't sense. make any sense. It just no. does not make sense. 
Um, no, it's it's definitely it's definitely food for thought. Um, so when you, you played a season then at Shelburne when Dermot Keeley came in, um, yeah. and then he what was the what was the gig there? What what did he was not no fancy gig. about? You? People, Dermot, Dermot would tell people that he took, he got rid of me. Dermot never got rid of me. I left. Cause you played one season under him. Didn't I played you? one season. And you had, you had a good year. Yeah, and he offered me he offered me a two year contract. I met him in uh, Harold's Cross uh, in uh, McGarry's. No, Peggy Kelly's. Great uh, Oh, yeah, close now, isn't beside, it? Nope. Beside, no, beside, beside the Greyhound a, track. Beside the Greyhound track. Uh, not close at all. <laughs> no. Open for business. I met him there, and he offered me a two-year contract. He offered me a, a decent wage, and I felt that I did... I, I, with, with the way he wanted me to play, I deserved that, you know, I, want, I, I should have been on a lot more money than what he was offering. Now, he was offering me okay money, it was good money at the time, but I felt that I needed to be one of the top earners. When, when you're playing at Shelburne the night, did you have to work another job, or was this like you were making no, enough you didn't, money? You for could a have, I could have worked another job because we were only training two nights a week. Yeah, that, that was yeah. Tuesday, Thursday. But you know, so was it easy to go on the batter when you have like when you're only no, training? No, well, I couldn't go on the batter because I had me, I had me young son. Oh, okay. So yeah. I had, uh, but I could have maybe in, in in hindsight again, you know, I could have probably gone out and getting a job. But when you were getting a good wage a week, you kind of nearly someone around was like, do you have that? Yeah. You have to go, oh, I didn't yeah, have that. Were you doing weights and all back then, though? Like, were, were no, nothing. We just trained Monday, uh, Tuesday, uh, half six till eight o'clock, and then on the Tuesday, the same again, and then you would play Friday, or you would play Saturday, or you would play Sunday. So w- why did you go to, why did you go to Port of Dan? Uh, because they offered me, uh, they up me a, a, a lot of money, but um, but like I I get a game in that league, would I? Ah <laughs> no, that's <laughs> no, I'm I'm joking. But it, it was, is no, the but standards. it was it, the standard was the actually the standard of the league has increased. I think the league is a little bit better this time around. But when I played, it was an absolute you know it was a joke. So was yeah. that a huge mistake? Because you're 25 here. Uh, of you course it was. Of course it was. You know you look at shells. I think I don't know in the second year, I think. If I would have been there, I would have been three years with Dermot. I think they won the league in the third year, didn't he? Mm. And then the Dermot left then, and then I think Pat took over. And I think, I'd, not think, I would have been in the squad, you know, to go in the, the, the Champions League without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. So it was, like, yeah, because age-wise, like, you, you you would have been eligible to go to Saipan, let's say, if you stayed, stayed in England. Like, you, you, like you, you were only, you're only, what, 30 in 2002? Yeah. Like yeah. so, so you're still well and truly in your in your peak years here, and, and you choose to go to the Northern Irish League. What what was life like there? Just dreadful. Was the it? Yeah. Part of Northern Ireland, oh, were living it? I wasn't living in Northern Ireland. I was living down here. You I were just going up on the on 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 the, on the Saturday morning. Really? I oh. played a match, and that was it. Were you training even? Yeah. Oh, you were. Okay, I was yeah. training. Yeah, I was training with a Lancer senior team. Uh, but you weren't training for Port. Oh, I wasn't training for Port. No, and they were and they were paying you. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so then, then you have the trial of Cardiff again. Bobby Gould, your your first mentor, hits you up one more time. Yeah, well, Bobby, Bobby, look at Bobby knew what it was about. I, you know, I was given an opportunity. I was actually walking at the time in in James's hospital, and went before I went to Cardiff. Before I went to Cardiff, and in in the what's his name when I was with Parton Hill, I was walking down in James's hospital for a year, and. I rang, I actually rang Bobby Gould up myself and asked him for an opportunity and he did in all fairness he gave me an opportunity so I went over and basically for four months, five months all I done was 
people talk about being lazy. That's all I done was ran, 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 ran. I got home for a weekend and I came back and I was told that I was going to be in the squad for one of the teams. And Alan Cork, who would have been with Wimbledon in that year that Bobby Gill won the cup, brought me in. I think it was uh, two pound overweight. Because uh, I, 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 I came home and I was up at home as, you know, proper dinners, uh, the whole lot. <laughs> So I came back and two pounds, and in the end, I just said, "But didn't play because you were two pounds yeah, overweight." Yeah, wouldn't play because Crazy. it was two pound overweight. And uh, in the end, I just said, "You know, I was earning more money back in back in Ireland, working in the hospital, getting paid, playing a part of down." Uh, so I just said, "You know, it was a great money. It was five hundred pound a week, and to pay for the accommodation out of that." So basically, it was coming out with nothing. Yeah. yeah. So in the end, I just said, "Look, okay, I'm gonna go home." I went in and spoke to Bobby Gill and said, "Look, okay. he wasn't even that. Even the manager at the time, I think uh, Alan Carr came in with. I forget who he came in with, but I, I, I just asked him to terminate my contract because it wasn't worth me while." I said, "You know, I, I, I trained for it. He see me because he, he would come out and he would push me. You know, was I would do it on my own." Yeah, you know, it wasn't like I, I went over there and it was it was all rosy in the garden where I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I just you were training. In the, walked in with the first team. I mean, I was pushed for four months yeah. every day. Even when I wasn't playing the match, I was told strip off, get your gear on. You're doing the you're doing the runs with with the other players. Yeah, you know, like when you're playing in the in the Airtricity League in the nineties, and obviously players are making half decent ball, but it's not. It's not crazy. Was, was there any, like, um, not that it occurred, but was there any people trying to orchestrate any sort of match-fixing at the time? Like, because there was a lot of crime going on in Dublin in the 90s, and obviously the betting markets for, for that kind yeah. of thing would be huge. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know about, to be honest with you, I don't know about any other team just shallow. But air lads, definitely, definitely. Unless they don't have behind everyone's back. Yeah, yeah but you wouldn't you think know, going you, on. People were torn. You know, people, okay. Like, was there ever offers? Was there no, ever no? No, never offered to me, and I don't think it's ever been offered to any other Shelburne player that I played with. I think you know, as I said, if you're sitting with a bunch of lads that you get on great with, yeah, and someone turns around and says to you, "I've been offered this to do this or this to do that," the price of us playing UCD is six, seven to one to lose. It wasn't water. No. Know, it wouldn't mm. have been water. What, to stick a hundred euro on... But what about a quick like, throw in between minute three and four? Oh, <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been out like that now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we're not... We're not that's, that's, it was win, draw, or lose. Back then, yeah. Back then, yeah. The there market's no, going crazy now. Yeah. There was no throw in or how many corners or, <laughs> or anything like that, you know. But if there was, fuck No, me. well, I, I, think, I think if there was, I think if there was, people would have been ass To do uh, it, something like to that. To do it. But yeah. you, you, look, I, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't have done it, you know. I just think it's it, it brings the game into into, into yeah, uh, mockery into, yeah. if you start doing yeah, something. Absolutely. Like. absolutely. So after after Cardiff, that's kind of it then in terms of like the the kind of your, your appearances seem to just kind of peter out. It was just that's just the case of right, fuck this. Um, I'm not really arsed with overly committing it at this stage because like you'd hit thirty, you hit twenty nine or whatever, and, and Cardiff didn't work out. Your two your latter two stint at Shelburne. You never really seem to hit the kind of well, Shelburne, the, second, the, se- the second time with Shelburne, like I did hit the ground running. Uh, you know, we came on against Dundalk, and I know it was only the Leinster Senior Cup. 
uh, came on, absolutely played a blinder. And then the next day or the day after, I went training and took a shot. My whole groin just ripped apart. Really? So it was injury. So, you know, just it just didn't materialize from then I, I, I got back got me again the same the same scenario woke woke me bollocks off in training done extra training by my own the same over in Cardiff and I kind of just went uh, after you know you, you, you hear stories that uh, Wezzo turned around and told Pat that he was out with me which was no such thing he wasn't out with me and he, I don't know who he was out with, to be honest with you, but he definitely wasn't out with me. You <laughs> said he was on the piss, was your kind he of He said he was on yeah. the piss with me, and then Pat kind of thought oh, he was a bad influence on him. Now, I've never spoke to Pat about it. But who, who's uh, Wesso? Wesso Hulan. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. really, yeah? Yeah. He would have been did very you, young. Did you play with Wesso on show? I, I, I trained with him. I didn't. I played, I think I played one or two matches. I'm not sure I can, to be did honest. Did you think at the time, though, do you remember him in terms oh, of... Oh, yeah, he was different class. Was he, yeah? Yeah. Do you reckon he was, was, was he better than you, like at, at your prime, technically? I never, I never judged myself against him. No, I know, but did you, did he surprise you? Weren't like shit. He's good. You're like, no, no, no he was, he was, he was, he, he was very, very good. But I think as the years go by, with the opportunities that he got, he took them and became even better because yeah. well, like he scored in the Euros, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he it's did a full, full time training as well. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that 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 helps yeah, as well. You know, so he he, he was training full time, so that made him stronger. But he was, he was different class. You know, I'm not gonna. But I would never judge myself. Yeah, because yeah. I remember someone did judge me against him, and it was an absolute bleeding joke. <laughs> we just, you know, we were out at one of our lads off Shelburne's, Kevin's uh, twenty first. He was playing. He was on. People would know him. I don't want to say it because they actually got on well with him. But he came to me and just said to me, "I'm a better footballer than you," and I'm like. Whatever you know, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't. As I said, I wouldn't judge myself. Yeah, heard it, yeah. twenty yeah. keepy uppies each in the car park. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah. See, look. People, people always judge me, and people always judge other people, and people yeah. say this player is better than this. To me, it doesn't really matter. All I care, all I care about is, you know, that I, I, I enjoyed doing what I done on the football pitch. Yeah. He was a better player than me. He was a better player. Yeah. I don't really care. So so then there's just kind of one or two more stints, Dublin City and then Rovers. And that you only played a few games. You still scored against Bowes. What was the atmosphere like playing a Rovers-Bowes game? Uh, it was a weird one, to be honest with you. The hatred between the two fans, yeah. sets of fans. Just stupid or you nearly oh, admired it's it? Just, it? It's it's absolutely... I feel it's absolutely... It's only a bleeding game of football. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But look, at the Rovers fans and the Bowes fans, it's it's it, there's a lot of history between them, yeah. you know, and... I, t- I speak to a Rovers fan in Sundrive all the time. I, I walk my dog and he walks his dog and he's, he's he's a lovely bloke. But he's one of them that, you know, he tell me that he still, if he sees a, Ro- a Bowes fan that he had a million with, he, he, the two of them <laughs> would go and have a million. <laughs> you know, like, it's crazy shit that yeah. happens, you know what I mean? But look, it's, they're, they're passionate about the team. You know what I mean? Both sets of fans. Yeah. Shelbourne fans are the same. Pats fans are the same. It's just that the the the, the police here don't really have any laws to stop them. You know, you go onto YouTube and you see people. It's horrible, yeah. It's not it's not a good advertisement for for the league the league of Ireland. You know, getting lads to come over from England. You know, to fight <laughs> yeah. this team and be with Millwall. You know, it's not great. But you know, the police should. The, 
the League of Ireland is such a great league, you know, that people st- people in, in, in Ireland should go and watch. Like, I wish that Shelbourne were beside me. Shelbourne's my team, you know. I, unfortunately, I train on a, on a, on a Friday night. Uh, I'd love to go over and watch them, you know. But I, as I said, I train Friday night with, with, with the lads that I'm training with, Lord, so I don't have the time, you know. So, But the league, people should, like the likes of the FEI should, put more into it, you know, into advertising. But like right now I saw like on the UEFA coefficient that they have the Irish League thirty seventh in Europe. Like it's behind Azerbaijan. Yeah. It is quite difficult to watch. Dundalk weren't about I know they, they could do more but the standard sometimes on the football, I mean it's just a series of long balls and corners. It, it look, yeah, it, it, look it. it's a short career in football. People have to understand it's a short career in football. Like and I think it's totally totally eight games you play in the League of Ireland I think it is, I'm not sure, or 36. And you're giving up an awful lot of time. You know, you want, I'm not saying it's about money. It's not about, it's about going out and maybe the league would become a little bit better if the money was better. Going out and winning the Premiership in, 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 in Ireland, you get 100 grand. Yeah. You know, you're going to split 100 grand between 20 players. What's yeah. that? Five, five grand, they don't, even, yeah, they don't grand. even get invited into the fucking Nuke Nan Hair. No. Do you know what yeah, I mean? So, that. you know, like, it's. It, we've got to promote, promote as, as you said, Azerbaijan. The reason why Azerbaijan is higher than us is because the money is in there. Like, they're one of the very rich country and people are going to put money. Dermot Desmond, is he going to put the three million that he said he's going to put into Rovers? Is that what he's if saying? He does, yeah. If he does, you might as well forget it. Well, unless these. Lads that uh, American people that took over Dundalk put their money. Are they owned by Americans? Yeah, yeah. now yeah. they are. Yeah. If they put their money where their mouth is, and Desmond puts his money where his mouth is, and then someone comes in and does bows, does bows, does cork, does yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, it would, it would, but it'd be a better league. Yeah. Kids won't go like they, like people turn around and say, well, it's best this this electricity league under thirteens, under fifteens, under seventeens, under nineteens. This is the way to go for League of Ireland. Bollocks. It's not the way to go. Because are you telling me if Liverpool come and offer Shamrock Rovers, or you Shamrock Rovers as an example, or Shelbourne, or Bohemians, or UCD, offering them good money for a, one of their young players, they're going to turn around and say, nah, you're all right. No, we'll we'll keep them here. We want to... We wanna <laughs> they, they whip her up. So he dreamed to play in the so Belfield you know, it's, it's, it's They're being hypocritical, but he's turning around and saying that it's it's for the benefit of the electricity. Uh, yes, it is the benefit of the electricity if the money is put back in that they're willing to get. You know, I'm not being disrespectful to any kids at any age. Most of the kids that are the best kids will be gone to England, yeah. and that will never change, no matter what. No, no matter what league, Aircom league we have, it will never change because I know the fact that clubs will send the better players away. They will not hold them in Ireland unless they're willing to give them the money that the other clubs yeah. are willing to get. And I doubt very much That's not gonna happen, that clubs in the Electricity League will do that. It just doesn't happen. So so when you when you left Shells then it was all it was done. Uh, you, you weren't playing football anymore. Did you go straight into coaching or what was the crack? Yeah, well I I went to Lourdes and But somebody you're repping the game, I mean why why weren't you going straight to like a Rovers under fifteen job? It's a look it's 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 a bit of a click. 
it still is a click and a level change. You, all you have to do is look at the, the managers who have managed the clubs since I've been playing Airtricity League. You know, do you think that the kind of rep of Tony Sheridan, though, the kind of the, the I oasis? Know, look, I wouldn't look. I I don't really. I, I, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care about. Did what that go against you in management, though? No, I don't think it would. I don't think it would. Do they I, want the nerds? Is what I'm saying. They want people to go. Yeah, how high? Three back four. That's it. End of story. Yeah. They don't want people to be. They don't, like, I I I want I want my lads. I'm not saying my lads are the best players in the world. I want my lads to go out and play football the proper way. Be comfortable on the ball. Be brave on the ball. Try things. Mm. Not be afraid to try things. That's the way I want. That's the way football should be played. Yeah. But these people want chairman of clubs. Want people coming in and no ambition in football. I'm not saying I'm gonna. I would be one of the best football managers in the, in Ireland. I'm not saying that at all. But I definitely would want it my way. I wouldn't want it any other way but to play football. Shelburne, Damien was the proper the proper way of playing football yet we didn't win the league yet we shouldn't win in the league we blew it against them dark that was the right way people wanted people wanted to come and watch it didn't matter if you were Shamrock Rovers didn't matter if you are Bowes UCD or any other mm. fan outside of your own if a team was playing at home we were playing at home for Shelbourne people off the opposition would come and watch us if they weren't, you know, if they didn't travel down to Bowes, say, we're playing down in Cork, we were playing at home. They would actually come and watch the Shelburne team play. So that just shows you the way Damien wanted to play. And that's, I'm not saying, I'd be a lot more firmer, a lot more stricter, as in what I would want from my players and I would expect them to give everything for the teammates. And Do you ever get frustrated having been so kind of good yourself when they're not seeing things that you would have said? No, see, this is the thing. This is why, why, why I say, you know, I'm glad that I done my kickstart one. I'm glad I done my kickstart two, which gave me, it, it gave me an understanding of work and having to deal with young kids, eight, seven, eight, nine. I, I think I would have been on the different, di- different end of the, the spectrum if if I didn't do it because I would have been asking these kids, why? How can you can't do this? How yeah. can you can't do that? Mm-hmm. Where it kind of gave me an outlook of saying. They're only learning. They're only beginning. Let them learn. My motto is three mistakes. If you don't learn after three mistakes, then you have to go in. Then you have to coach them. Yeah. Is, is coaching what you want to properly, like over the next, let's say, 10 years or whatever? Do you want to Do you want to climb up the ladder? Do you want to... Oh, no, I, I, look, I, I, I've, 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 I've you ate a B licence. I'll never get an opportunity. I, I look, Why, though? How couldn't you get one of Charles? Because, because look, it's, as I said, it's a click. People, people in Eagle. But you're like the Wayne Rooney of Shelburne. Like I don't see how you <laughs> couldn't no, get the under no, 15s no. game. It, does, it, does, it doesn't, doesn't work it's like a, that. It's, no. a, it's a click. Everyone knows everyone. You know, it's as I said about the manager situation. Since what '96, I came home to Ireland to play with Shelburne. You look how many managers have been around. I think the only club that changed the managers in in in, in all the years. That football that I've I've known League of Ireland football has been Sligo. They went outside of the area, the the the, the as I call it, the merry-go-round. They went outside of that area and brought in Paul McStay's brother. I can't think of his name that managed uh, Sligo. They went and got someone else. Mike, uh, what's his name? That I played with him in Coventry. Uh, Wigan manager now. I can't think of his name. Paul Cook went out and got him. Every other manager 
has been around the block. Every other manager has been around the but block. But even like an old, could you get an under 18s kind of. No, well, I'm happy walking with the kids. I'm happy with walking with with with, uh, with Lutz, with, with my lads, the under 11s. You know, they're they're a good bunch of kids. Yeah, I've you know again, I, I mightn't have any of them because I think there's a good five or six of them that are very good. I think they 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 will develop as good footballers. I'm not saying they're going to make it as footballers, yeah. but if they at the end of the day, I I try to teach them, you know what it takes to become a footballer and how much passion and how much desire and how much you have to put into training sessions like people think you know i was lazy i was never lazy i was one of the fittest people see people you could ever come across on a football pitch but that's the way i want my lads to be because as i said they're young they're only 10 and 11 years of age you know and they're going to have disappointments and they're going to have ups and they're going to have downs you know and yeah. I, I'm, I'm i'm always there for them if there was kind of one thing looking back on it all before we wrap up, if there was one thing like you you could have done differently, um, when you were at your prime, twenty one, twenty two, what kind of advice would you have for people who were in your position, which isn't many people, I mean, to, to make a Premier League debut, um, just turning eighteen, in a packed Ellen Road, and to have the appearances you had and some of the wins you had, when when you were at the top of the hill, what kind of what kind of thing do you think was the determinant factor? Was it immaturity? Was it thinking no, so thinking I you knew everything or anything like that? I, I, the, the the worst thing about being a footballer was you're s- just gone 18, you played in the Premiership, didn't really phase you. Then you go and you play again at the start of the season, you go nine games. The biggest the biggest problem is, and I've always, I always say this to the kids, the easiest part about playing football is getting to England. The hardest part of playing football in England is staying there. Is that temptation-based? It's it's everything. It's everything. You know, it, it's not like work. You yeah, know, and I'd say not, the women. Not, I'd say the women yeah, are women. playing Never Premier League football must be pretty crazy. It's not. <laughs> it, it, that's you don't. <laughs> you, like, it, it's it's it, people. Girls do throw. Obviously, girls do throw themselves at you, but they don't care. Like you know, people people now. It's it's completely different now. As I said, it's the easiest part is getting to England. The hardest part is staying there. It's not like a job. Like you're gonna have you, you, you look at Leicester. Many managers have they had in the last two, three seasons. Yeah, crazy stuff. Do you know what I mean? Four. You look at Chelsea, the same thing. Yeah. All it takes is one person to come in and the manager to come in and doesn't like it. Yeah. That's you frozen out. So you know, it is it is a lot harder than what people think. Yeah. A lot lot harder. Yeah, and then obviously with the with the, with the no agent. Exactly. Like yeah, that, that would be you're, very you're, cool. you're happy. You're, the, the, the legacy at Shelburne. And kind of some of the moments that you provided the fans at Shelburne with will, will, will kind of last a lifetime, and your your name will forever be muttered around the terraces. Uh, Tony, thanks a million for coming on. It's been, no, awesome. Tony, it's been an honour having you, and uh, all the best going Pleasure. forward. That was uh, footballing legend Tony Sheridan. What a moment! Yeah, it was brilliant. What what an experience! Yeah. Um, a legend, a maverick, an enigma. Tony Sheridan will live on forever. Yeah. The greatest Irish player never to wear the green shirt. A man who was supposed to be the next Liam Brady. Well, to many, he's even greater. <laughs> um, that was episode 18. Oh, my God.